Two small town girls living in a big city, chasing even bigger dreams. Meet your hosts, Kylie Benami and Sophie Longford. These two high fashion models have discovered that life outside of their hometowns isn't so simple. Talking all things fashion, wellness, fitness, and all of the messy things in between. Welcome to the not so simple life. I love it. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the not so simple life. On today's episode, we have Laurie Hill joining us to talk about all things plastic surgery. She uses her YouTube channel to share her thoughts on what cosmetic procedures she suspects celebrities have had done. Lori has 120,000 YouTube subscribers that she advises on how to be cautious and what to know before diving into cosmetic procedures. What has this new era of plastic surgery done to our beauty standards? Well, Lori is here to tell us just that, so let's get into it. Hello, hello, welcome back. My name is Sophie Longford and welcome to our show. Absolutely not. <laughs> is that a good impression? Not particularly. I don't think so. Let's hear your best Kylie Vanami. Hey, y'all. Oh, my God. I love it. All right. Let's trade accents for a whole episode. But no, actually, that's a horrible idea. Definitely not. What's new, Soph? How are you? Everything's good over here. How are you doing? I'm good. I am so excited about this episode with Lori. I feel like cosmetic procedures and plastic surgery is just a topic that is not talked about enough. And it's such a great topic for us to talk about because look at modeling. I feel like all of these top models have all had procedures done, have all done surgery. And yeah, we got to get into this today. Yeah, it's always been very taboo in the modeling industry. I mean, our agencies always say, you have to be natural. You can't have this done. You can't have that done because clients hate it. They hate makeup. They hate anything that's not natural. But then you look at all of the top models in today's society and all of them have work done. So it's like, what are you meant to do in this situation? What are you meant to do? I know it's really crazy. It's like, look at Bella Hadid, for example. Like everyone's obsessed with her. She is. She She's absolutely stunning. But she's had work done. She doesn't look like this naturally. And people like want to have those like cat eyes and stuff that she has, whatever they call them, almond eyes. I don't know, that whole pulled back look. And I mean, that's just not natural. I don't know many people who have that look naturally. And so everybody's trying to like look like one of the biggest supermodels of our times. And you can't look like that naturally. There's definitely a different beauty standard today than there used to be. Everyone is going for this like big ass, big lips, tiny nose, same aesthetic. And I don't know, it's kind of taking away the individuality of people. I feel like all models are kind of trying to look the same these days. It's a bit of a shame. I know. Well, I have a little dirty confession. Actually, it's not a dirty confession, just a little confession. So I actually have Botox in my forehead. <gasps> I know. <laughs> not many people know it all, though, because it doesn't change how I look. It definitely doesn't. I just have a very expressive forehead. I mean, you'll see photos of me like eight years old with like a big ice cream high on life, like so happy. And my face has like tons of wrinkles in the forehead, meaning my eyebrows are just like super expressive. So I'd find myself on set and they'd be like, Kylie, beautiful, beautiful, but just relax your forehead. And I'm like, relax my forehead. I didn't even realize I was moving my forehead. And 
I have sensitive eyes to the sun because my eyes are blue. So that also makes my forehead go all like whack. So a little Botox in the forehead. I just wanted to try it out and see what I thought. Like it's not permanent. And they told me, yeah, it's not going to change how you look so much. And I don't mind it. My forehead just moves a little bit now. It's very natural. I quite enjoy it, to be honest. I'd never actually considered Botox, but then after you told me that, I was very curious about it because your skin looks unreal. And then I started looking at myself more and I was like, look at my forehead. (laughs) So now I want to fucking get Botox. I'm all for it. But at the end of the day, like something as simple as this is not necessary. And the wrinkles on our forehead are probably something that we notice more than anyone else. But I'm not against like trying something new and they say Botox can be preventative. So as much as my forehead moved, maybe I would have had like wrinkles and lines on my forehead like at a young age because I was always being so expressive out there. So now maybe I'm preventing that. I'm not sure. I'm totally like transparent and open about it. I think if you're going to do anything like that, you absolutely need to be. And I love that Lori talks about this. Lori is very, very passionate about transparency and that's why she has her channel. Yeah, exactly. I'd love to hear all she has to say on it. I have a million questions for her and I think we should just get into it. Hello, Lori. Welcome to the Not So Simple Life. Hi, guys. It's so nice to be here. We figured that we would just get on into all of our questions. We've got so much to ask you and we're excited to have you on. So I think the best way to start off, can you kind of talk about how you became so fascinated and informed on the topic of plastic surgery and cosmetic procedures. Yeah. So um, I was pursuing acting in my 20s, living in LA. I had my own plastic surgery. And then I also was exposed to actresses and models who did too. So I learned that it could be very subtle. So then fast forward to, to me just being a regular person and not pursuing acting, I moved back to Las Vegas, my hometown. And I kept researching plastic surgery because it was interesting to me. So over the years, I just, it's become like a hobby. And then I'm also in the field of dentistry. I was, I was a dental hygienist and my husband's a dentist and we're exposed to like all different faces of our patients. And we kind of learn a lot about facial structure. So you kind of start to understand what makes somebody attractive. And it's mostly like in the bones and the soft tissue of the face. So seeing so many variations of um, people actually helped a lot with understanding like how plastic surgery plays into our natural morphology of the face and kind of understanding the limits of plastic surgery and also like uh, what you can do. So all of that kind of led up to what I do now. Great. So you were in an environment where you always were seeing it and you were fascinated by it. You felt like you were noticing it a lot. So why did you decide to start your channel and talk about it? Okay, so when I went to start my YouTube channel, um, I started out as an Instagram influencer and I really felt like I wasn't helping people. I was just showing off like pretty outfits, which is fine. And if it makes you happy, that's totally cool. But for me, it just wasn't enough. Um, So I really wanted to do something that helped people. So I talked to my friend who was on YouTube and she did makeup and she's like, well, you know, go the usual route, like do makeup. And I am not good at makeup at all. So I thought if I was going to do something, it would be a plastic surgery informational channel, because at the time there was only like 
plastic surgeons on YouTube or other YouTubers who had had like one thing done and they talk about their procedures sometimes. So I thought, well, I could just do a whole channel with it being information for people wanting to know more about plastic surgery, which I, that's how I started it. And um, it was doing fine. It was doing okay. I really wasn't chasing views. I always figured my channel would just be like a, a quiet channel, like just one that people went to get information from. And I helped people in that way. And I felt like I was helping people a little. And one day I was talking to my best friend in London. And for some reason, we got on the topic of Bella Hadid. And she said something about her being natural. And I thought she had made a joke. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, what, what do you mean? <laughs> and she wasn't kidding. She's had a lot of work. Like, I thought everyone knew that. I really had thought everyone knew that. And she's like, really? And like, wait a second, would you watch a video about that? And she's like, yeah, I would. So that's how I kind of thought of making a video about it. But like, it wasn't to expose her. But I felt like that first video didn't state my purpose because I didn't really have one. So I think that first video really came off as being like, we're exposing Bella. We're, you know, it's not a positive video completely. I wish I could have had a redo with that one. Um, but that's the video that went viral. So you said earlier that you had treatments done yourself. Would you mind sharing with people like what you've had done in particular? So my first procedure was rhinoplasty or nose job. And that procedure, I went to a doctor in Vegas who he did like everything on the body. He didn't do just the face. And basically he did the first one, but it wasn't completely right. And so when we went to touch up my nose, he really botched it. Like he just botched it. And that put me on a treadmill of trying to fix it with different doctors. And it took probably about over 10 years to find the doctor who finally fixed it. So that was really bad. And so that's one of the things I tell people to look out for is like, don't just go to a surgeon who, you know, you haven't researched or doesn't come with good recommendations, et cetera, et cetera. He ended up losing his license like a few years later. So yeah. And then I had breast augmentation when I was in my early twenties. And then I had it redone after I had my son. I just recently had a, a major procedure. I had a facelift. So going back to the nose, I had multiple rhinoplasties trying to get back to you know, what it looked like before. So I had a lip lift and that was over 12 years ago. Um, prior to that lip lift, I had a thread lift where they tried to do it without cutting skin, which was like a major disaster. I don't recommend that. What happened with that? It was like, they put the threads in, they put them through your, like the base of your nose and into your lips from underneath. And like my skin got really irritated and inflamed and it looked like I had two red lines. Like I looked crazy, like a bowl kind of. They say that like, with fillers, you can kind of lift your lips and get that like bow tie look. Did you feel like that was not an option for you? Or did your surgeon talk you into doing the thread lift? Why did you go thread lift over like fillers? Because it wasn't just a little lift I needed. I had like a, a longer filtrum area. So I needed a stronger lift. So that's why. But looking back, you wish you didn't do that one. No, that was like a major mistake. I also had fat grafting. So they take fat from other parts of your body, like your thighs and your knees, which is kind of funny, your knees, like your knees are in your face and they process it and then they put it back in your face because um, like a youthful face has more fat cushioning. Okay, interesting. So then, yeah, they just put it to different spots of your face where maybe you've lost some volume. Exactly, like the under eyes, your temples, um, even your forehead. I think they put it somewhere on my lower jaw. I'm not exactly sure where. 
I read somewhere that you can do the fat grafting for boobs. Like you can get fat from a part of your body and put it into your boobs instead of getting actual implants. Is that true? Yeah, I definitely, I've heard of that. I haven't seen um, anyone in real life who's had that done, but I feel like it would look really good. I've also heard of people doing it over their implants to like make it look more natural. I've gone to my dermatologist. She does cosmetic work as well. And I've just asked questions before just going in there, you know, wondering what she has to say, telling her, hey, no hard feelings. I'm going to ask you a few things. Like, tell me what you think. Like, as a doctor, I'd love to hear you tell me, like, I think you could do this. You shouldn't do this. And just questions along that line. And I've said, well, when you look at my face, what do you see? And she actually has told me, she's like, you have just like a little bit of volume loss and not totally under eyes, a little bit lower than that, actually, like not my cheekbones, not my under eyes, not around my nose, but right in between there. And she has mentioned that you could put a filler there or something. She's like, I don't think you should. She's like, I'm just saying like as a cosmetic dermatologist, when I look at you, this is like the type of things that maybe I would say to someone who wants to do it. So it's It's interesting, but I had never heard that you could just take it from your body elsewhere. She had just mentioned fillers. Yeah, I mean, that's something that's really important to remember. There's like a phrase that goes like, if you only have a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And the way I kind of interpret that is like, if you go to a doctor who works primarily with fillers or with lasers or auxiliary non-surgical treatments, they're going to recommend those things, but they might not be the appropriate route you should go. So like fat transferring is a long process. You have to harvest the fat, you have to, you know, like refine it and then put it back in the face. Generally, like only surgeons do that. So it doesn't surprise me that a dermatologist would recommend fillers and not mention that. And it kind of goes along with that saying, like the hammer and the nail analogy. Something that really did tempt me at one stage, partially because my agent had suggested it to me numerous times, was getting my boobs done. But I think what put me off the most, apart from trying my best to love my tiny titties, was the fact that I read you need to redo the surgery every 10 years. Is that true? So I've heard that before. But personally, when I had breast implants, I had them in for 16 years. The only thing that made me take them out was getting pregnant and um, breastfeeding. So I don't know, different doctors have different philosophies on it. It does bother me when a person has suggested something to do to themselves. Like I understand that, you know, it's important to progress in your career, but if the surgery wasn't your idea, I just feel like that's a, a red flag. That's a huge thing in our industry. Absolutely. Whether it's even just losing weight. It's like that's something that I think so many girls struggle with is being told something you should do. And a lot of these girls are really young. So to be told like you should get a boob job or you should lose weight and someone's like 18 years old, it's absolutely a very, very touchy thing that you have a hard time deciding, is this right or is this wrong? Like, does my agent truly care about me and think like, I'm going to have this massive career if my boobs are a bit bigger? Or is it just like some weird personal preference that she has and like, hopefully it works out, but it may potentially not work out. You know, it's a massive part of our industry. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And like things go in and out of trend. Like we're all seeing like the big butt, you know, phenomenon right now. And then I was also really influenced by like when I was younger, Pamela Anderson was like a big deal, you know, so everybody was sort of influenced into having huge boobs. And then it's not really a surgery that you could just take out your implants and everything's as it was before. Have you always been very transparent about what you've had done? Or did you try to like keep it under wraps at first? 
I've been mostly transparent and I say mostly because I don't volunteer it, but if somebody wants to know, I'll tell them because that would be a little strange if I was like, oh, by the way, I got this, you know, and this and this done. Sometimes people do it like bragging too, but if they asked, I told them. I don't necessarily believe that the average person needs to be transparent. I just think our like role models should be a bit more transparent because they're affecting self-esteem. I love that. I have actually not had this conversation in like such a public setting, but I have Botox in my forehead. I just have a very expressive forehead. You see photos of me at six years old. I had like 10 wrinkles in my forehead when I was excited. I've just always had a lot of movement in my forehead and I paid a premium. I definitely went to like a top notch doctor thinking like my face is my career. So I'd rather pay some more right now and just know that if something goes wrong, I'm in great hands. And yeah, so I've never really talked about it. It's something that Sure, I could absolutely go without, but I'm not going to lie. I'm very happy with it. But I always said the same when I first did it. I was like, I just can't live that lie. If anyone ever happens to catch on to something, whether it's a spray tan, even whatever it is, if someone asks about something you did, like it just feels so wrong to me to be like, oh, no, I just, you know, I just my forehead just calmed down a little bit. Like. <laughs> I just grew up. And by the way, your your Botox, it looks really good because you can still move your eyebrows. But the three comments I get on my videos of people saying, you know, disagreeing with me is the celebrity just went through puberty, was growing up, and it was weight loss. That's what's accounting for like the tremendous changes on their face. And like, I want to roll my eyes like through the computer. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, what do you think are some of the most common and sought after procedures nowadays? I know like Kylie Jenner really put lip fillers on the scene. And, and I think like rhinoplasties have always been around. But what is the most popular? Definitely a lot of people asking for BBLs and wanting to know more about getting um, a BBL. Brazilian butt lift, nose jobs, and a lot of people asking about buckle fat removal too. Oh yeah. I follow Dr. Laura Devgun. She's a big cosmetic surgeon in the city. And I just like started following her because a couple influencers would post about her and oh my God, she does the surgery all the time and I'm fascinated by it. I like to watch it. When people ask me if they should get that done, I tell them to just be really cautious because it's nice when you're young, but like as you age, that area will start to look saggy prematurely. So mostly people notice their buckle fat when they have chubby cheeks. Like I feel like that's something that people want. They want the fat removed that's just below their like lower lip corners. I guess that's the best way to put it. And it does make your face look a little bit chubbier. It gives you a more of a cute look. I'm trying to think of someone who has someone famous who has buckle fat. I think the best example would be like Selena Gomez before she like lost it. She had kind of like a chubbier face and it was cute. Well, what are like the most sought after cosmetic treatments? Like not surgery, but more like fillers or like Botox, which is the most sought after? So definitely lip fillers. And then I feel like a lot of people are doing their jaw lines, but that's been going on for like two years now. We go on Instagram. I know you guys have seen this before, like, People are making these like really prominent jaws. Oh my gosh. It's like they're creating like overly strong features on a face that wasn't. Do you think most of that is actual like fillers or whatever they've had done? Or is it just Photoshop? Because like I can never tell, but everyone's drawers are like razor sharp these days by the looks of things. Yeah. 
I will cut you those jaws. <laughs> I wonder if it's a combination, but I mean, I've seen some live, like where they're injecting it live. And I just, I try to remain neutral, but I want to tell them to stop because it's not my aesthetic. It's almost like tattoos. I've always had a stigma against tattoos. I'm not a tattoo fan because I just don't trust myself to put something permanent on my body that I'm going to appreciate in 10, 20, 30, 40 years, whatever it is. And I feel like, yeah, something about plastic surgery is can be permanent depending on what treatment you're doing. And I feel like it's like, yes, that's a big deal now having a big butt or having a super sharp jaw or whatever it is like that is trendy now. Like you will be on trend. Absolutely. But what happens when that's not a thing anymore and you've done this surgery to your body? What happens then? Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, so I'm wondering kind of what will happen with the filler that people are getting to their hips. I think that's what's a recent trend is the hip filler. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, me either. Sculpture is a filler that can be used on a large part of the body. So rather than just filling like your cheeks or whatever, like it can do your hips, you can put sculpture in your butt. And the sense I'm getting of doing that instead of putting fat is I think it's for thin girls who don't have fat to transfer to those areas. And so what they're putting in, is that something that's permanent? Is that like six month thing? The same as like putting fillers in your face? It only lasts a couple months. What's the deal? That's a good question. So I had Sculptra when it was still just being used as like a filler, a face filler, and it lasted for a couple years. So I think Sculptra is meant to last for a few years and then you're supposed to get it refilled. And it's really contrary to what you would think, you want fillers to go away. You don't want the type of fillers that will stick around. And what they're finding is that whenever people get lip fillers, that they're not completely going away, that they're just migrating throughout your face. I don't know if you guys have seen the video, but there's a YouTube video where a surgeon does an MRI on someone who has had lip fillers who was coming, I guess, back in for a refill. And on the MRI, it shows that rather than the filler disappearing, it's migrated throughout their face. And he theorized that maybe that's why we're seeing more pillow faces. What do you mean by pillow faces? A pillow face is the type of face that just looks very spongy and with a lot, without a lot of form to it. Sometimes people call Madonna a pillow face. There's some other older celebrities who have really, instead of retaining their sleek and sculpted look, which you can still retain at older ages, they've kept filling their faces to the point where there's just no more definition left. The thinking goes that maybe filler over the years is contributing to this. Cause like if you get filler and it never completely goes away and it migrates, then your face will start to lose all its definition. Well, Kendall Jenner, she has an incredible figure. And as a model, she's not one of those stick thin, super skinny girls. She has a beautiful curve. And I want to know, do you think that's natural or do you think she's had some work done to get those like hips how she wants them? Yeah, I think she's had work done. I mean, it's my opinion only, but I feel like I've always noticed how straight Kendall is rather than curvy. And I think that she has added those slight curves in. And as we all know, generally you're either thin and more straight or you're curvy. I mean, I kind of want to congratulate her on making yet another unattainable ideal. 
because <laughs> the Kardashians are like responsible for them. But I also don't know how much of it is her decision. So, I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't want to make it like she's the villain. But what I do think is that she may have had sculpture to her hips and her butt because she's a slender girl. I don't, I don't know if you typically see those kind of curves on a girl of her height and just her body type just doesn't lend to all of a sudden having hips. And I also think she may have had small breast implants. Everyone always says, oh, Kendall's the natural one. And I'm like, hold up. Have you seen the before and afters? Oh, boy. What do you think about people who have started Botox and fillers in their 20s? Like myself, I said I had my Botox. What do you think about that? And do you think that there's long-term effects that maybe we would deal with someday if we started so young and didn't stop it? No, I think it's a good idea. I think I think Botox placed correctly in your 20s is actually what they meant that doctors and the people who created Botox meant for it to be was a preventative. I personally used to get, and I still do, when I was pursuing acting, I didn't like the way, like the furrow, the 11s in between the brows. I didn't like how I looked with it on film. It looked really awful. So I started getting Botox there and now I barely need to get it. It's gone. So I think that's what it's meant for is early usage of it. The one place I would caution you not to have Botox or to think about it is injecting it into your masseter muscles. The muscle right below your ears. When people have large masseter muscles, it makes your face look wider. So it's a very popular procedure to get Botox there. Getting Botox in that area makes your face look thinner. It kills the muscle contraction and then the muscle kind of weakens and gets smaller. And so your face looks more narrow. The reason I would caution people to avoid Botox there is because I've noticed that people who have been getting Botox in the masseter muscles for years, they seem to need a neck and lower facelift sooner. Because if you think about it, that muscle contracting and being strong is what's keeping a nice jawline. And when you lose that, the skin gets looser. So that's interesting that you say that because I had asked the same question to my dermatologist about doing it in my forehead. And she had said, well, when you do it in your forehead, of course, you're weakening the muscles. She said, but luckily there's not so much in the forehead. Like there's not so many muscles and not so much skin that can sag necessarily. But in the jawline, I did ask her about that only because I grind my teeth at night and I had heard that if you put Botox in your jawline that you could stop grinding your teeth. So I asked her about that and she said, she actually, she said, put your hands on my face and feel the masseter muscle and she would flex and unflex and I'd feel it and it was like this big like strong muscle that would come in and out and she goes now feel yours and I felt mine and it was like nothing she goes so first of all aside from the teeth grinding I would say absolutely not you shouldn't do this because your muscle is not that strong she goes second of all it is such a strong muscle your jaw she goes to stop teeth grinding with a Botox injection is just not going to happen. She goes, it's such a strong muscle. You're going to grind your teeth if you grind your teeth. Like Botox is not really going to make that much of a difference because the muscle is so strong there. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I do. I, I When you first started talking about it, I just wanted to be like, get a mouth guard because you need to protect your teeth. Well, on the note of caution, I know you want to set out to inform your subscribers of any cosmetic procedures that should be avoided. And so now we know that Botox in the jaw is a no. Are there any others that you think are to be avoided? So the major one I would say is creating features on the face that were not meant 
to be on your face with filler. So creating larger cheeks, jawline, chins, and a non-surgical nose job. I mean, all of those, I would say, I would avoid those unless with the filler, you're just, you want to try filler in those areas once or twice to see if you like it so that you can get a more permanent augmentation. With the non-surgical nose job, you can try it once or twice to see if you like the look and then go and find a good plastic surgeon to make that change. The reason for this is because one, if you use filler to create features that aren't meant to be there, it can get really expensive really fast. It's a cash cow for doctors who really push filler. I mean, filler becomes like their main business. Well, I know you said that fillers can move and everyone is on this hype of getting cheek fillers and lip fillers. Is there a better alternative for the lip fillers that you would suggest? That's a good question. Um, Sometimes it depends on the morphology of the face. Sometimes what people actually need is not a lip filler, but a lip lift. You also have to find the right lip lift doctor. There's a lot of doctors doing lip lifts. I did a video about lip lift doctors so people can go maybe refer to that video, but sometimes it's better to get a lip lift than just continually getting upper lip filler. But upper lip filler or, or lip filler in general, that's not included in the find something else that suits it better because lip implants still are not a good replacement for lip filler. So I would say lip filler is still okay. <laughs> But when you start creating features that weren't meant to be there around your face, that's when it starts getting not good. I had a really interesting question asked in my subscriber Q&A, and I thought it would be interesting to talk about it here, is that someone said, like, what is a feature that people typically consider unattractive that you find attractive? And I was like, oh, yeah, that's, you know, there are features like that. And I was thinking like people with hooded eyes are like the monolid. A monolid would be like in K-pop, in Asian culture. Sometimes they have double eyelid surgery to get rid of their monolid. And I think it's so beautiful. It's so exotic. And if I had a monolid, I would probably embrace it because it's just, I think it's so beautiful. I feel like people want to get rid of their hooded and monolid eyes. And I think for a long time, it was seen as something unattractive. And it, it's, I'm hoping that the tides will change with that because they can, they're just as beautiful as having double lids. Well, we're so focused on all the celebrities that have had procedures done because there's endless amounts of them. But to your knowledge, are there any celebrities that haven't had any procedures done? Yeah, so in my videos so far, I found that um, Rihanna, I, I didn't find anything done on her and she's really beautiful. She has so much, she has a lot of natural beauty and I didn't find any procedures on Gigi Hadid either, but that was controversial because people, people wrote into me saying she has had work and they, the photos they sent me were not convincing to me. A lot of people said she had lip filler, but at the time of me analyzing her, I didn't find it. And I really, you know, I did a bunch of processes where I tried to make sure and I didn't find anything. So, Do you think celebs should openly allude to the procedures that they've had done? Yeah, I think the word allude is perfect. I think that when they're praised on looking beautiful or being beautiful, they can say, thank you. You know, I did have a bit of help. And just saying that one phrase, I don't think would be a big deal to their image. I think that it would help more people than it harms. Right. I mean, I actually appreciate the stars who talk about what they've done. It's like 
When I find out, oh, she's had Botox or she's had fillers, it doesn't make me despise her or him or whoever it is in any way. It's almost, yeah, it's the people who are not talking about it and not sharing it that we all sit here and talk about because we're like, no, there's no chance. Of course she's had something done. Of course something's gone on there. That's the thing. Like we don't live in a vacuum. The things we do affect others. And if celebrities are scared of the criticism, I'm not sure that that's as important as them actually considering the quality of their fans' lives. I mean, to me, that supersedes it. You know, like as much as I want to be perceived personally of being perfect and beautiful naturally, that's a luxury. Because right now what's happening in the self-esteem of our young people, the depression, the eating disorders, et cetera, et cetera. That's the emergency. My own ego is not something that supersedes the needs of others. I love that you use your platform for this reason. You tried to be informative and you tried to be unbiased and not put people down, but talk about the facts as much as you know them. But have you ever had any celebrities reach out to you and like put you down for your video or complain or ask you to take it down? And not yet. Two things that happened, it gave me pause. One was somebody left a comment under a Kim Kardashian video and they said, you know, Kim's sister, Courtney knows about your channel. And I just thought, that's a weird comment because that's not like, it didn't really stood out. And so it made me think like, that might be true. I don't know. And then the other thing I heard was an influencer that I analyzed. They asked her, Cindy Kimberly, somebody asked her, about my analysis and she had responded to that she said she just said it's not true so well on the general topic of beauty and skincare can you tell us about some of your favorite products or tips you recommend for anti-aging yeah i mean the major thing for me has always been wearing like a really strong sunscreen i know that's boring it's not that interesting but i think like prevention is Something you do every day will help you more than just like a skin treatment or something like that or like a fancy cream. And then I also wear a physical like sun hood because I'm in Las Vegas. So our temperatures get really crazy high here. So I actually wear, you know how now everyone's wearing a mask, but my... I had a sun hood that actually like goes, I look like I'm robbing a bank, but I'll wear that on really hot days in the car. (laughs) So like prevention is like the main thing. And then I also like having a humidifier on. At night, I use like a hyaluronic acid and a moisturizer. And then I make sure to always have a humidifier going all night long because I'm sure you guys know this, but like using a hyaluronic acid can actually make your skin drier if you don't have moisture in the air. So wait, I did not know this at all. And I'm a big proponent of hyaluronic acid. So wait, if I'm sleeping in a dry room and I put hyaluronic acid on my skin before bed, you said it can dry my skin out more? Exactly. Yeah, that's at least that's what I've researched. And that's what the skincare YouTubers tell me. There's a really good one named um, Go See Christy. I think that's her YouTube, Go See Christy. And she said that she's like, if you live in a humid environment and like you're exposed to that humidity, you're okay. But most of us don't want to sleep in a humid room anyway. <laughs> Kylie and I have a quick little question before we wrap up. We want to get into guests that we're pretty fascinated by. So the first one that I want to bring up is Bella Hadid, of course, because she set this trend for those incredible cat eyes and so I want to know what you think Bella Hadid has had done yeah so Bella falls under the category of having like every facial feature worked on and 
It looks really good. She looks amazing. I mean, it was like a complete amazing transformation, but she started out as a really pretty girl anyway. I know people like to show photos of her pre-jaw surgery. Um, I think Bella had jaw surgery early on. A lot of times people will show her before photos from before her jaw surgery when I think she may have been in braces or something and her her face looks a little different, but I think she's a beautiful girl now. She started out really pretty. She had a lot of the raw materials to be really pretty, beautiful. Um, So the foxy eyes, I do think she got them surgically. I don't think it's a thread lift. I think she had a brow lift that lifted the tails of her brows to an extreme amount. Like with every procedure, you can do just a little bit or a lot. And I think with hers, they did the most. Is a brow lift quite like an intense surgery? How does that work? Yeah, it's a, it's, I think she had a temporal brow lift or or maybe an endoscopic. I'm not sure. But with both brow lifts, there's a recovery of a few weeks. You know, they're going in, they're making an incision in your hairline and they're lifting up just the tail of the brow. But if she lifted her whole brow, which a lot of celebrities have had their whole brow lifted with a whole brow lift they have to do you know quite a large incision I would say like three or four inches on each side of the hair and then you have to kind of camouflage that with hair transplants or something because you there's a scar there in addition to Bella's brow lift I think she also had a canthoplasty which when I first talked about it um people didn't know what that was but basically it makes your eyes more almond shaped cat eye like so I think those it wasn't just her brow lift it was also the the almond eye surgery, also known as a canthoplasty. Wow, intense. Will she stay looking like this? Or like, is it going to be a surgery that needs to be redone? It's going to relax. But I think she's probably good for the next 10 years. But it's going to relax as she ages. What do you think about Jennifer Aniston? I feel like she's just not aged. You look at her in Friends and you look at her now. I just would die to know if that's something more than just good genes. Um, yeah. So Jennifer Aniston, first of all, I know a lot of people are talking about the way she looked on an award show video cam. I don't know if you guys saw this, but it was like the three of them, Jen Aniston, Lisa Kudrow, and Courtney Cox. I saw her on that little telecast and I everybody was asking like, what did she have done? But I didn't have in a, a good view of her to really see, but she looked so different. And when somebody looks that different, my first thought is like a facelift. But as far as surgery that she had prior, she's had a couple nose jobs in the beginning. I think when I did her initial analysis, I think I said two or three nose jobs. And a little bit more recently, she had her chin shaved because she always had a larger chin. Like she has a naturally bigger chin. And then just very recently, she shaved it down. And so they just take a tool and a surgeon takes a like a rasp or a bone cutting tool and shaves the chin upwards so it's not as long. I think that's maybe something she had done. And then what about like just obviously Botox fillers, all of that? Because for me, what I've noticed with her is just I feel like she doesn't age. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't think she she uses a bit of Botox. Um, she definitely has a lot of expression in her face. In fact, you know, we were talking about forehead lines. She has a lot of forehead lines. Like she really actresses like to keep the expression in their faces because they have to be able to really, you know, emote. But I think that 
in between her movie roles, she does get Botox, just not during the time she's acting. I think she's been getting fillers. I think almost everyone does. Like I even think Brad Pitt gets fillers. But I've been waiting because I knew she's definitely overdue for like a facelift. So when I saw her on that award show, I was like, maybe she finally did it. So we'll have to see as we get out of quarantine, we'll see more photos of celebrities. Well, thank you so much for coming on here today. You've shared some incredible stuff with us. I'm sure everyone's going to love listening in, but you want to let everyone know where they can find you. So tell them your social media handles and all that good stuff. Yeah. So I'm on YouTube as Lori Hill and it's spelled L-O-R-R-Y and then Hill, H-I-L-L. And my Instagram handle at Lori Hill. Amazing. I love what you're doing on your platform. I love your transparency and thank you for coming on today. And I hope that everyone listening, if you loved what Lori said, you would go over to her YouTube because she gets in depth and has so many details that we would love to get into, but we don't have the time for. So check out her YouTube and Lori, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you guys so much. Welcome to the question and answer segment, where we answer two random questions sent in by you guys and answer them candidly and honestly. So the first question we have is, are you both naturally blonde? The answer to that is no. Well, actually, I'm a very dark blonde, so technically yes, but if the question was, do I have highlights? Yes, I do. (laughs) For me, I have always been a natural blonde. When I was really young, I had like white blonde hair, like naturally. I wish I had that still. I would do anything to have that hair back. I have had to color my hair for jobs and for different shows. And I finally, two years ago, went back to all natural. And it's been so nice. It's been so good and so healthy for my hair. But funny question and funny timing because I'm actually getting highlights tomorrow. I finally decided I want to put a little blonde back into my hair. The older I get, the darker my blonde gets. So same as Sophie. Do I have highlights right now? No. But if you asked me if I had highlights tomorrow, I'd say yes. (laughs) (laughs) The second question that was sent in says, have you guys ever had an agency or modeling agent ask you to change anything about your body? So for me, I've been asked to be less tan and to have my hair changed, different color, different cut, all things like that. But luckily, thank God, I haven't had anything too drastically said to me, but I know it's a big thing and a lot of girls have. Sadly, for me, the answer is yes. This was beyond ridiculous. When I was like 15, my agent actually suggested to me that I should have a gap drilled in between my two front teeth. I mean, come on, I had just had my braces taken off and my teeth were finally perfect and they came out with this bullshit and thank God my mom was there to be like, absolutely not because I was just a child. I wasn't good at saying no. And the whole reasoning behind it was that I was very Lara Stone, Georgia May Jagger type model. And they thought if I did that, it would make me even more like them. But it's like, guys, come on. Why would you want me to try to be exactly like someone else? The whole point of modeling is that you have this unique speciality to you. And aside from that, I have had suggestions about getting my boobs done because they would always say, if you want to do Victoria's Secret, you should get a boob job. And I'm like, actually, I'm okay with my itty bitty titties. They can stay. (laughs) Same. I love them. I love my itty bitty titties. (laughs) 
Itty bitty titty committee. Woo! <laughs> but it's definitely a thing. That's our industry. They have no shame. And a lot of times they may have your best interest. And a lot of times they definitely may not. So you just have to be careful and have a good head on your shoulders or have a good supportive mom like Sophie had to say, absolutely not. We're not drilling a hole in my 15-year-old daughter's teeth. Thank you, next. Out of the fucking minds. So that is a wrap on another episode. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Don't forget to click that subscribe button and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Go and find us on our Instagram at the Not So Simple Life Podcast. You can message us on there, ask us anything. We are fully open to receiving anything from you and we will see you guys next Tuesday.